Welcome, absolute worldy listener, to the second of the isolation pods. Uh, hi, Kyle. Hi, how do I sound this time? Oh my God. It's like, it's like we're in the same studio. Maybe we are, listener. Maybe we're breaking isolation guidelines. Maybe what this is showing us and all the other um, podcasting couples is you could just do it from home. Don't, don't refer to us as a couple. I mean, I'm not like against it in a homophobic way. I'm against it. As I think as a couple, we would just be awful. <laughs> no comment. Well, I'm, um, I'm not tidy enough for you. I, 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 my isolation routine hasn't yet included tidying up. As I look to my left in the studio, I have four empty cans of Guinness that are just oh sitting. Oh my God. They're just sitting next to me. Joel, oh, that's so squalid. Oh yeah. And I've got, I, I, I needed to sit in the chair to record and uh, just a little bit of insight into what my studio is. Uh, I had to throw a lot of clothes off the chair onto the bed. That annoyed oh, I'm shuddering over here. That annoyed the cat. She got up and, and then sat down again in that way that cats do when they stand up and they're like, you've made me stand up. And then she sat down again in a way that said, but I'm not going to leave. We've very rarely spoken about your cats on the podcast. This might be the first time. Well, normally, Carl, we have football to talk about. <laughs> Oh, I've got some football-related things. Uh, well, before we dive into football-related things, I've got some things I want to ask you about. Uh, okay. First thing, how's the uh, Harry Potter coloring book coming along? That was the first thing on my list here, Joel. Update on Harry Potter drawing. How's it going? Not so well. Not done much of it. Oh, well, that's... I'll tell you why. I'm struck. I, I don't want to start on the tough bit until I know. Until I've done a bit of research, I actually googled yesterday um, watercolor cloudy moon watercolor cloudy moon yeah because the background is it's the as i said last week it's the ford anglia flying through the sky but it's got clouds and the moon and i want it to look amazing as you know i've got plans for this this uh drawing well it's how you're going to make money off rupert and daniel absolutely i guess um so i'm i don't want to get wrong so i'm taking my time fair enough (laughs) Uh, before we started recording you said you were going to a pub quiz uh apparently there is a uh Lindsay, my wife's worker, doing like a fun quiz tonight. Um, but I should have washed because it'll probably be a video zoom or something. Yeah, but Kyle, people listen. Come on. Like I understand you've got, you know, you're 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 a clean guy, and I'm far from one of those. It, we're all trapped at home. Like, why do you need to look presentable on a on an online quiz? Because that's just the sort of guy I am, Joel. What are you gonna wear? Well, and it's just the hair. Like, I'm sure that every listener to the podcast has got the same hair issue. Like, what is anyone doing about their long, long hair? I'm going to shave it off at some point. I know at least four guys who have shaved their heads and they all look like convicts in not a good way. I know a couple of female identifying people who've done it as well and they look great. So, do they? Yeah. Do I know? Uh, No, I don't think so. But I think, I feel like, this is a controversial statement, but I feel like uh, potentially women look better than men with shaved heads. Discuss. I don't think that's contentious. I will discuss it and say due to the statistical uh, likelihood that they have a lower hairline, they're going to look better. Wow. This is the kind of thing that people listen to this podcast for, I think. Yeah, but if you like as a man, I'm 32. If I shave my head now, this is what I'm scared of. If I shave my head now, the front bit might never grow back. I think... I mean, and I don't. I I hate men who shame other men 
for their uh, for their hairlines. But I think I would worry if you shaved your head that your hairline wouldn't come back. <laughs> so I hate to shame, but I'm going to shame you. That's not shaming. Time. That was I agree with you. Um, I don't necessarily think it would be the best choice for you right now. My my <laughs> my hair. <laughs> My hairline's not going back yet, so I feel like if I shave it, I've not, I've, the, the risk is less. Are you going to shave your head or are you going to grow it out like a hobo? I am caught between the two thoughts. I, what I'm currently thinking is I've always wanted a mohawk. No one's going to no. see me. No. One's no. Gonna, listener, why don't you email us or tweet us? Email us on uh, absoluteworldypodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at worldypodcast and let, let us know what you think I should do with my hair. If you think I should shave it into a mohawk, I'll shave it into a mohawk. If you think I should grow it long, I'll grow it long. Uh, you know, I've, I've got nothing better to do than to listen to what you think I should do with my hairline. Okay, I think we should both shave face, grow hair long. Shave face, grow, look, well, that's like the teenage boy look. Like long that hair. like a haiku. Shave face, grow hair long. Mm. <laughs> Um, uh, anyhow, so your clamoring book's not going well. You're, you're unclean at the moment, but planning on being clean. I'm never going to be clean again. Um, I, I did, after last week, uh, decide to do some exercise. Yeah. Uh, I, so uh, I don't know if we ever mentioned this, but uh, you and I both uh, classically trained actors. I think we've mentioned it. Yeah, well, seeing as most of our guests are also actors, if people hadn't already cottoned onto that by now. Um, but I, um, uh, I, when I was at drama school, I, uh, I used to, what Americans call, what our American listener will refer to as jump, jump rope, jumping rope. Yeah. Uh, and we call skipping. <laughs> um, Do they call it jump rope, even if it's just one person doing repetitive jumps? Yeah, I think so. If you're, that, that's, what that's what that exercise is, jump rope. Uh, no, it's I thought jump rope was when you have like a team of four and they sing songs while they do it. No, I don't think so. I think jumping rope is just what they call it. I don't think they call it skipping. Um, That's one of my favourite films. One of uh, it's it was like a sort of spin off of High School Musical uh, with the actor Corbin Bleu, where he jumped rope. It was great. Was it just literally about jumping rope? Yeah, and like, but like meets High School Musical. In fact, that's something I've been doing this week, Joel. Disney Plus. Oh, how you paid for Disney Plus, did you? Or, or do, you, do you get it for free through some dodgy deal? No, I don't have any dodgy deals. Uh, uh, so you paid for Disney Plus, you gave money to Disney, and what do you get on Disney Plus? Oh, everything. Joel, The Simpsons. Every single episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, but I know where to get that, not through paying money to Disney. I shouldn't um, admit that, really, should I? We've watched this week Mary Poppins, um, High School Musical. That's what reminded me of it. Um, <laughs> and I watched, um, maybe Lindsay watched Thor Ragnarok the other night, which I loved. I didn't think it was that good, Thor Ragnarok. Well, it was directed by Taika Waititi, so I was full of uh, optimism. I'd say seven out of ten. I loved the character that he played, that big, weird monster. Was that him? With the Kiwi accent? Yeah. Oh my God, that was the best thing in the whole thing. Yeah, well, he often is the best thing in his, in his movies. Anyway, listen, you jumped on my skipping story. So I've been skipping in the garden for either 20 minutes, 25 minutes or 30 minutes and lifting weights beforehand. Anyway, so yesterday I skipped for 25 minutes in the garden. I've got a playlist. I play the same playlist every time. It would do your nothing. Um, none of the songs are fast enough to skip to. They're just songs that I like. Anyway, I must have left my trainers in the garden. And this morning I went down uh, to the kitchen. The kitchen's got a door out to the garden. It's not a very big garden. It's just a patio, really, when I say garden. Anyway, the trainers were destroyed and torn <laughs> through the flower bed. Was it a fox? I could, well, I don't think it's going to be a cat, right? I mean, literally, the laces have just been ripped off. The inside of the cats trainers... Cats love doing that, though. I, I don't think my two would. I think it was you a know, fox. There's lots of cats in your area. 
That's true. There are a lot of cats in my area. North London, riddled with cats. Um, the, 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 yeah, no, fuck. I think it was a fox. I think a fox smelt my sh- sh- foot odor and got so annoyed about it, <laughs> that it that it tore my trainers to, to shreds. I feel really sorry for you. Well, the problem is more like I can't buy any new trainers. How are you going to skip? You have to do bare feet skipping. Nah, that'll destroy my, my ankles and I've already got bad ankles, Kyle. Can you do it without laces? I could, but I'd have to also like manufacture the, the, I'd have to gaffer tape the bits of shoe that have been torn off as well. What we need to get ourselves is one of those Patreon accounts or a coffee account where we could now say to our listener, want to buy Joel some new shoes? I well, mean, you can. I'm pretty sure most of our listeners now do want to buy me some new shoes, but it's, the problem is not being able to afford the new shoes. The problem is where do you buy shoes now? Online? Well, I can't buy trainers online. Can I? <laughs> I think many people have been doing it for a very long time. Really? Do people? But what if they don't fit? You send them back. Oh yeah, but if you're buying, I only listen. I mean, I'm one of those people who only buys shoes when I need a new pair of shoes because my original shoes were falling apart, right? So I am I, with you on that. So if I'm going to buy a new pair of shoes and then try them on when they arrive and then send them back and get another size, like that's just a very long process. When what I really need is some things to put on my feet so I can skip in my garden. <laughs> Do you know what, Joe? I had a few football things to talk about. But I, you know what? I don't think we need to. You don't want to talk about football at all this week. I, what I will say to our listener, I wholeheartedly recommend watching Sunderland Till I Die. Yeah, you don't. It's on Netflix. I think it fits our bracket of you don't really need to like football to listen to this. You don't need to like football to watch Sunderland Till I Die. It's so I think good. it's a really good gateway into football. Season two has just come out. It is so watchable the characters are so amazing I d- uh, it's just brilliant you don't need to watch season one nah, um, which is really. the season before it might help but it's not essential this season has got so many interesting characters including one of the players luke 09 he's like a cartoon character of a young sort of hopeful footballer he didn't even make me cry yeah I, I, he's a big hero of the series and, like, and some of the villains are excellent as well. It's just a great thing. I definitely would watch that. I mean, we should probably reference the fact that uh, the government, what did, they, what, did, uh, what did they call footballers for not taking pay cuts? Um, I think that wasn't, was it uh, Matt Hancock? The health minister, the health secretary. The health minister who I saw sneezing outside the Nightingale Hospital this morning. Excellent work, strong. Uh, um, he said, I think it was a direct quote, a moral vacuum. Footballers are in a moral vacuum. For not taking a pay cut. And I've gone both ways in this, Joel. Sometimes I thought, yeah, you know what? He's right. And I was talking briefly to Guna Dave, Dave Seeger about this. And we were like, yeah, damn right. They should pay something. They should help to save some of the ailing clubs from the lower leagues or even save the, the furloughed jobs of the, the match day staff at their clubs who earn about a, a 200th of what the players own, even less. But then I also thought, why are we not putting this pressure on just general millionaires? Why is it footballers that have to be the ones that always they're are easily, the sort of scapegoat? They're easily identifiable. They're all quite young. They're because many we think of them... they don't deserve it, generally, because they're stupid. Yeah, I think that's part of it. But I mean, I think the point, the second point you made about compared to the club employees who've been, well, let's, let's call furloughing what it is. It's laid off with some pay. Like... I, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I, t- I take your point. We do seem to attack footballers for things that we don't attack others for quite as much. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I think if you're on £250,000 a week and you're not taking a pay cut, 
when someone who's on £23,000 a year is only getting 80% of their wage and only then because their business that they work for has chosen to accept the government help. I think there is something, there is, I wouldn't say moral vacuum, but there is definitely, there's a, there's a dis, disjointed thinking there. I mean, the, the Premier League have responded today. They've, they've given $20 million as, a, as a, a charitable donation to the NHS. Great, good, good start. And they've started negotiations with the Premier League players and the clubs to um, introduce a 30% salary cut. Okay. But the PFA, the, 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 footballers, the, the footballers sort of, um, what's the word, uh, union, they're being very cagey about the footballers accepting this. So you can see it, it's being turned into some, to some really bad press. So we'll, we'll keep listeners sort of filled in on this as it develops. Yes, we will. Um, right, should we have a little break? And then afterwards, do you want to introduce the main portion of today's episode, which I'm incredibly excited about? Yeah, let's, well, yeah, let's do it after the break. We'll see you after this. And we are back. And it's interesting, Kyle, that we spent an early portion of that top of the show waffle uh, discussing uh, male and female and hair. Uh, just uh, inter- interesting that we discussed uh, some gendered stuff. Uh, when what we've got for the listener, for our listener today, is uh, something to do with football and gender, is it not? Uh, yeah, it is. It in sort of preparation for our send us your stories plea, thinking, what if no one sends one for a while? I came up with a story. Well, actually, we did. You set you sort of set me a target of writing something. Yes, I did. And and I went for it. So here is um, a it's a it's a I think you'd call it a monologue, would you? Yeah, I think it's a I'd call it a short play. Why a not? A short play, a short radio, a, a short pod play. A pod play, a seventeen called, minute uh, pod play. Three, one in three. It's one called in one in three. three, and it's ri- it's being performed by the effervescent actor Matthew Stubbs, and here it is. Okay, one step at a time. Step in time, step in time, step in time. Kick your knees up, step in time. <laughs> I love that movie. Never need a reason, never need a rhyme. Did did it, did it. I don't know who to blame. Travers, Disney, or World Book Day. Early each day to the steps of St. Paul's The little old bird woman comes In her own special way to the people she calls <laughs> Except, we're not going to the steps of St. Paul's We're going to Stamford Bloody Bridge One step at a time It's the mum's favourite film don't ask me why. She was born in 1988 and it came out in 1964. I mean, I, I've seen it. Everyone's seen it. I think it might have been re-released at the cinema in the 90s. I know The Jungle Book was. Anyway, their mum, my partner, we're, we're not married, but that's another can of worms. Waste of money. <laughs> well, she took a, a real shine to it. We've got this framed original poster from the 60s. It, it's signed by Julian Dick. Kick your knees up. <laughs> I say we've got it. it It's in our dining room. It's not mine, it's hers. And let's just say they were conditioned to love Mary Poppins from a young age. A very young age. They're only seven now, for God's sake. And we've been very good at it. Not conditioning them, in general. And that's not been easy. They're brothers, either. 
they're the middle. They're not the problem child. Never had that experience with ours, but it is interesting. I remember when I was growing up, also, I've got two brothers, everyone used to say to my mum, you know, statistically, one of them will be gay, one in three. That was a thing at the time, I remember. Didn't happen in my family though. All hetero in the end. The youngest had a bit of a wobble, my dad called it. <laughs> nah. So we've always, with ours, from birth, done everything we can to raise them in a genderless way. Is that the right way to say it? Probably not. My partner would be rolling her eyes by now. <laughs> I know what I mean. It's toxic, isn't it? The way that we prepare our children for gender roles. Pink dresses and blue hoodies. And that's just with the newborns. We, I, think that that's pretty ludicrous. So yeah, we didn't do that. They all wore a lot of green from birth. Well, Chelsea gold kits are nearly always green, so we've got a lot of those. Funny, both their brothers prefer playing in goal. Anyway, they don't, and they don't particularly enjoy coming with me to the football. No, no, that's not fair. They enjoy different things about it. Actually, they that really isn't fair, because last time they told me it was one of the best days ever. <laughs> they love the crowds, and when everyone sings, I won't call it singing, no. <laughs> it's more like dogs whining, like in Lady and the Tramp in the Dog Pound. And the last time Ollie came... They spent almost the entire game facing the exact opposite direction to everyone else. Watching the crowd, their reaction, watching hundreds, thousands of heads shout and sing and chant and roar. I caught him at it and it was gorgeous to watch. Their expression. But I have to admit, I was, I was pretty sidetracked by the game. <coughs> we, uh, <coughs> we lost the cup. Man United. Ollie loved it. Sang the bloody Solskjaer song all the way home to the tune of Waterfall by the Stone Roses, which, to be fair, actually is a it's a it's a great football song. It's one of the best of the new ones. Ollie's at the wheel. Tell me how good does it feel? We've got Sanchez, Paul Bogba, and Fred. Marcus Rashford's a man born and bred. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> See. Catchy, innit? I think Ollie liked it because it's got their name in it. Well, close enough. Anyway, they haven't been since that game, and, and that was, uh, when was that? Uh, October, November latest. A lot's changed since then. Oh, maybe it hasn't. But for me, it feels like it definitely has. Some big steps changing their name, <laughs> which is a big one for them. It's not so obvious to most, just no longer Oliver, ever. Always Ollie. Odd, I think, because I see Ollie as a, a, a boy's name. Because it is. But apparently Ollie uh, has read lots of books where the main character is not a boy Ollie. So, there we are. It's quite clever, actually, because insisting on Ollie doesn't lead to any questions about... Um... <coughs> no, stop. I've... I've... Gotta stop that. When that happens, when it inevitably starts to happen, questioning. I've got to start hitting that on the head. Also, Ollie's hair is super long now. And listen, I know, I know a lot of boys have long hair, top knots and all that. But Ollie's hair, well, I think it, it makes you think. Why am I trying to talk around this? It's my problem. I, I think it looks classically like girls' hair. Straight, brushed down the back, 
I'm getting there. It does look like girls' hair. There, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And as I said, we, 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 we've always dressed them gender neutral, but still, I have to be honest about this. The other day, I did think for, for one moment that one of their brothers had brought a girlfriend home from behind. <laughs> and that's a first, a big first for me. And that's my big step, getting over myself. Because I admitted all this to my partner. You've got to be honest, haven't you, with each other. And she looked at me like she either wanted to hit me or piss herself laughing. She sat me down like I was seven. Ollie wants to be they, them. They talked about it at school. What? They talked about non-binary gender in year three. Yes, they're doing pronouns. Ollie came home and said they didn't know what to do because they didn't feel he, him, but also weren't she, her. So I told them, darling, you can be they, them. Other people do that. In year three, go talk to Ollie. The three of them were all sitting on the carpet, chewing on fruit rolls, playing three-way FIFA. Ollie, mum says you want to use they, them. Yeah, good. That's what you want to do. Yeah. And you two, you understand why and what that means? Yes, Dad, go away. Good. Good, well, that's what we'll all do then. That's what we'll all do. Dad! One in three. Anyway, it's Ollie's turn this weekend. The cop again. Lester. You know what? I do know who to blame. It's World Book Day's fault. <laughs> it's for adults more than it is for kids. Yeah, kids like dressing up, but these days, with Instagram and all that... Mm. Did you see that kid who went to school dressed as Jeremy Clarkson? Holding his autobiography? Very clever. But are you honestly telling me that that kid has really read that rag? If he has, he's got problems. I mean, Clarkson may be Chelsea, but he's a... Well, he's a bellend. What's more likely, a seven-year-old reading that or a parent thinking about it going viral? So, there's a lot of parents putting pressure on their kids to choose a specific book for World Book Day. But not us. Genuinely, what happened with Ollie winning the school best costume prize, we weren't even allowed to see what they were designing. It was top secret. Obviously, my partner was over the moon Ollie had chosen to go as Mary Poppins because... Well, she's such a fan. And after my initial reservations about uh, suitability, I've not read them, but the, the Travers books, my partner has, and sorry, they're, they're not really meant for kids. Anyway, after I got past that, I was just blown away by their attention to detail. First off, Ollie had made a carpet bag just like Mary's. Is that what it's called? You know, the huge magic bag full of stuff out of odds and sods that they'd found in their mum's fabric cupboard. Ollie had uh, fashioned a way of like sticking a parrot's head on, on an old umbrella off a, off a neighbour who <laughs> was in the 90s. A, a soft toy parrot, obviously, <laughs> not a real one. And then they'd, they'd borrowed a hat off, off Ivy as well, and a long school skirt and, and tights from a, from a friend at school, a, a jacket from Ivy with a, with a, a natty brooch uh, and a pair of low heels out of their mum's cupboard. They looked incredible. Deserve that prize, and I'm not even being biased. <laughs> but the thing is, Ollie hasn't really taken the costume off for a, a fortnight, and they're planning to wear it to the bridge, which is fine. <sighs> which is terrifying. I don't know if you've ever been to football, <laughs> but it's pretty rough sometimes. There's a lot of hate and, and bile as well. Racism, homophobia, violence, and... 
when I say a lot, I mean more than you would ever expect to see literally anywhere else. And then, the Stamford Bridge. Maybe you saw those guys hurtling racist abuse at Raheem Sterling when he was less than two feet from them, knowing full well that they're on the front row of seating and therefore have absolutely zero chance of being anonymous. But just don't fucking care. They, they sit quite near us, same stand, about eight rows back. It's called the Matthew Harding stand. It, it was named after an ex-chairman of the club who, who died in a helicopter crash. You'll see very little compassion there. I'm sure there's Chelsea fans who sit around us who will say that they've never heard anything on Savory. Well, well, that tells you more about them than it does about the Matthew Harding stand. Anyway, that's where our season tickets are, and I'm going with Mary Poppins. Listen, I, I know I shouldn't, but I've been thinking about every single possible thing that could go wrong, and they all revolve around other people. No, no, no men. They all revolve around full-grown men saying something insulting or hurtful to a child. A child in their own stand. And that makes me so sad and angry, I could, I could do something arrestable. So I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to keep myself in, in check. Here's some of the things I've imagined. Ollie being wolf-whistled at as we got on the tube from Victoria. Ollie being sniggered at as we change onto the district line at Sloan Square, onto at what will be at the point a train packed, packed with Chelsea fans, fellow Chelsea fans. Ollie being full on laughed at as we get off at West Brompton and join the throng on foot for the half mile walk to the stadium. Ollie tripping over their heels as we queue to get into said stadium and some little prick starting a, a chant of she fell over, she fell over and uh, an older bloke, probably the young kid's dad, joining in, condoning, essentially rewarding his son for his inch perfect comedy timing. Ollie doing their new fan routine of turning to face the fans rather than watch the game only to have some full grown adult shout Turn around and watch the fucking game, you little puff. In that classic aggression dressed as joke in a style. And other men laughing. And other men pretending like they, they didn't hear. And other men pretending like it was an annoying distraction for them from the game. And women. Some women go. Way more than before Ollie was born, for example. And if any of those things happen, in even the mildest form, I'm going to have to do something. Or say something. Say something to Ollie. Say something to these men. What am, I going, what am I going to fucking say to these men? Oh, I'm not sleeping properly. I'm worrying about it. It's, it's, it's keeping me up. And then last night, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm welling up just thinking about it. It was one of those dreams when, when you're just there. The sights, the smells, the dimensions. I, I, could, I could smell the cheap burgers and the fried onions that I, I won't ever let the boys have, the, the kids. It was me and Ollie, and they're in full Poppins kit, the bag, everything. But all the way on the journey to the game, people are absolutely gorgeous. The ticket hall personnel at Victoria wave and smile. Fans on the tube speak to Ollie, ask their name, say how much the, they, they love the costume. And, and, and this is, is, is 50 year old blokes, they're not even kids. They ask if, if I mind if they get a photo. I don't mind. Ollie loves it. We walk from Brompton hand in hand and not one of the three of them will do that with me anymore, especially on the way to the bridge and with good fucking reason. But today we're skipping, not 
practically skipping, we're actually skipping. And when we get to the Broadway, some Chelsea pensioners are there and, and Ollie bounds right up to them and shakes their hands and shows off their parrot umbrella and the old geezers can't get enough of them doing voices for the parrot, kicking their knees up, step in time, step in time. And then we're in the stadium, we're in the stand, both of us tucking into our favourite curly-whirly bites and hot chocolates. We're having the best time. I can't recall the score, but there's a, there's a lull in the game and Ollie faces the crowd and starts to sing. Early each day to the steps of St Paul's The little old bird woman comes In her own special way to the people she calls da, 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 da. It's Feed the Birds And as they get to the chorus, everyone joins in I mean, everyone Every face, every voice in the Matthew Harding stand Is transfixed on Ollie In this moment of pure love no bile, no anger, no hate. As the rest of the stadium starts to notice, Ollie wants to be put on my shoulders, so I, I lift them, and the, the gymnastic little bugger manages to, well, with the help of some of the blokes around us, get to fully standing, and the heels are just off my shoulders, so it's, it, it's, it's not painful. <laughs> As the big screen catches up with Ollie, the whole stadium sees what's happening, and everyone, 40,000 people, are singing... Feed the birds, tuppence, <laughs> doing actual harmonies in, in soaring and glorious choral voices, tuppence. <laughs> I woke up and there were tears streaming down my face. I've never had that, I've, I've never ever had that. It's morning, Ollie was standing at the door. My partner was so confused by what she woke up to. She told me later I, I, I was crying, Ollie was crying. She thought someone had died. I asked Ollie what was wrong. They could barely get it out. The game has been called off because of coronavirus. So, someone had died, actually, in a way. Ollie, I promise you, when football comes back, you will go to the first game. You and you can and you can still wear your your, your Mary costume. And I broke down like heaving sobs. I tried to get out of bed to hug Ollie, but I, I was I was in such a state. I I, was, I scared them away. <laughs> I heard them galloping downstairs as I snivelled onto the carpet and the pulse of the Xbox being turned on. My partner came over to get me up. Don't you think this is a bit of a uh, overreaction? I didn't know what to tell her. But on the Xbox, I... I wasn't hearing FIFA loading up. It was the Disney theme, followed by the opening score of... I was down the stairs like a shot, practically kicking my knees up. And that was One in Three by our very own Kyle Ross, performed by the actor Matthew Stubbs. Um, I don't know about you, listener, but I applauded uh, near the end there. And also, I got a little bit emotional, Kyle. Thank you for that. Um, so did I. I was really happy with um, 
how Matt did that with no direction or anything. He just, he sort of read it from, he, he sent us a lovely picture of him in his, what he's called his recording studio, which is his airing cupboard. Great, good. I mean, so we'll we'll tweet that out. We'll Instagram that along with his headshot, which he's also sent me. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, well, I mean, one interesting topic, because, I mean, I, I do think you and I fall into an interest. I mean, our listener knows by now that we harp on about this sort of football people and what f- football people are like and politically where people fall down. And and uh, the reason I sort of uh, want, sort of started provoking you towards writing something like this was I'm, I do think it's fascinating when you think about uh, the LGBT community and their relationship to football and also someone who was gender non-binary, gender queer, using they and them pronouns. And uh, football is not somewhere where I think a lot of people from non-heterosexual, non-cis, and when I use cis, I mean uh, 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 identifying with the gender you were assigned at birth. Um, those people don't often feel comfortable or welcome there. And I thought it was something really interesting and really touching about the way that you addressed it. Well, I, a lot of it is comes from my experience of, I've been to, I go to Stamford Bridge and I sit in that stand a lot. My family have got season tickets there. Um, and I don't really think I exaggerated. I think some listeners might be like, it can't be as bad as he's saying, uh, but it is. And it feels that way. And we've discussed it at length before, the things that we've heard, the way that we've behaved, the sort of times that we felt like we were a bit ashamed for not saying anything. Other times when we're glad that we didn't say anything because it was could have got heated. My bro- The experiences of my brothers who have had similar experiences. And I just wanted to create a character who was used to one world, a world that he was ashamed of and he found deeply problematic and him trying to get to grips with the new world in which I remember his own family was non-binary and gender. And, and so you've got him sort of walking the tightrope and finding his way through this treacherous terrain. And I think that, well, I mean, Matthew said he got quite emotional by the end. He actually, he does have a child. So I think he's got a root in and could imagine in that sort of potential pain of, of people turning against your child like, he, like, like the character feared they would. Mm. Um, and then the dream scene I actually got quite upset writing that because I just it's what I want football to be it's what I what I want my experience to be I always joke with you that I want to hear choral singing Um, (laughs) but I want you want that sort of welcoming open joyous space because football is joy I find football joyous I find it lots of things but it's I want it to be beautiful Mm. yeah I wonder I do wonder if I mean, maybe you can uh, get in touch with us, listener. You know, the, 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 I wonder about the safety of someone who is gender non-conforming or genderqueer or non-binary at a football match, depending on how they presented sartorially. That's a good word, wasn't it? Sartorially. Um, you know, with long hair and dressed in a Mary Poppins costume, I, I would worry for their safety regardless of their age. And that is a sad, sad indictment of, of not just football, but British culture, I think. Yeah. And like you think about eccentric people at football, sure, but they're either like a beer bellied, bald man in their 40s with no top on in the snow or yeah. someone with lots of face paint. It's, it's, it's a very sort of hetero male world. 
It's very normative as well. Anything outside the normal is definitely remarked upon. Which is so contradictory considering the way that most footballers look this, these days. Right? And, and footballers are also part, you know, young footballers are part of that kind of sort of US-inspired movement where they sort of don't seem to care quite as much as the people who've gone before about masculinity. You know, no. they, 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 they dress in a certain way. They dress well. They, they you know, they, they take care of themselves. They've got skincare regimes. The kind of thing that, that <laughs> sort of... We've all got skincare regimes. I mean, some of us just, just uh, stand outside with a bucket of cold water, mate. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, but in general, I do think, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a, uh, a really interesting subject. And I thought Matthew performed it beautifully. So thank you to the actor Matthew Stubbs. And thank you, Kyle, for writing something uh, genuinely so thought provoking and so moving. Well, to continue with the thank yous, thank you for setting me the task, Joel. Oh, it's a bit of a love-in on the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. Um, we would love to hear from you, listener. Uh, we've got some great stuff lined up for our next episode from people who got in touch with us. Um, we really would love to hear from you. We want your stories. They can be real. They can be uh, fictional. Something like Kyle did today, which was entirely fictional, but loosely based with football as the jump off point it doesn't even really need to have anything to do with football just get in touch with us we'll talk to you or we'll talk about it or we'll get you to record it or someone else to record it we want your material so we have stuff to talk about and again our email is absoluteworldypodcast at gmail.com send us your stories uh as joe said we've got a few lined up but we need more and we want more we want to hear from you uh, and we're going to end today uh with a listener story are we not kyle we are the great great gaelic football correspondent amy fleming i always forget she's the gaelic football correspondent but obviously there's no gaelic football either jeez Ugh, not even the so gaa Ugh. she's she's got in touch with a uh got in touch with a touching tale about she's how she's helping her fiance through this footballist crazy time so here is amy fleming and we shall see you next week listener bye 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 hi there um so the other day i popped um fa cup classic moments or something like that i can't remember the title on the tv as my partner a gruen no wait that's too obvious andrew g simpsons ref get in um well anyway he was missing the old uh, football on the television so we stuck that on and I was imagining being very bored and not in the slightest bit interested. But then I started to find moments where I could slip in the knowledge that I have learned appearing on every series of the Absolute Worldly podcast. Um, and I started to feel quite smug. Um, so I carried on watching. So we were watching anyway. And part of the way through, there was this like amazing moment where Roy Asando, I think, is how you pronounce it, hopefully. Um, he scored the winning goal, which knocked Leicester City out of the FA Cup and sent Wickham, that's right, Wickham, into the last four. So, like, obviously, the impression I got was that doesn't happen very often for Wickham. So it was very glorious, joyful, you know, the underdog winning, I was very excited, um, even though I'd never even heard of Wickham before. Um, but then they did, it got better, they did the post, match interview thing and my mind was blown so Roy Sando revealed that he got signed to the team via teletext now I imagine you have a lot of younger listeners who do not remember teletext um 
so to explain what it was it was basically like the dark web of its day you would hit a button on the remote control and <laughs> just millions of pages of text-based facts and tv listening listings 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 and bargain holiday offers there was a quiz i remember doing the quiz um and there was all different categories of quiz there was definitely a sports one which i don't think i did um and you know you could yeah you could find out facts i'm pretty was there like a sciencey bit anyway i don't even really remember but i do remember spending a lot of time on teletext but anyway so apparently the wickham manager uh laurie sanchez i believe um was a bit desperate because six of his players yes six were injured so he got really desperate so he put a call out on teletext for a striker um i think they must have had like wanted ads and things like that and asando was the only one who replied i think through his agent and 10 days later he's on the team he comes on as a late substitute and he scores the winning goal and then it's just amazing and then i thought that was the best bit but then i did a bit of googling to find out like all about Roy Sando and his career because Teletext legend find out he was born in Ireland Irish legend um, and suddenly it all makes sense as to why I was drawn into this tale full circle Irish people connecting through time I hope that's helpful and what you needed um, I hope you're both well and I miss being squidged in the middle of you and being the meat or cheese if you're vegetarian centre to your sandwich Love you. Bye. That was the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast by Carl Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janos Bazowski and Amachada Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeker. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us at Worldy Podcast on Twitter, Absolute Worldy Football Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a line anytime at absoluteworldypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye. I wasn't saying that that was the end of the section. <laughs> Did you hear that bing bong? No. Oh, I had a, a an email come in on this laptop, so you might hear a bing bong. Okay, cool. Uh, well, hold on. What did I just say at the end of that? Are we wanted no, no, to it was great. I'll 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 jump in. Kick ball with football, yeah.